from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Live. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. A college graduate, member of the military, then you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer Skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skates Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to a uh, Easter Sunday Master Special National Championship game recap. Everything that is great about sports is going on right now. The sun is shining here in beautiful Laughlin, Nevada, where the uh, temperature is chasing about 95 degrees right now. Scott Strandy with you. Ten stories high tonight above the Colorado River. My longtime co-host joining me as always. From uh, that big, beautiful palatial estate, which I understand now has no leaves left. The servants have got it all cleaned up, bagged up, and uh, Paul Hornstein is with us live. As we go new time, Paul, 3.30 p.m. Pacific time is when all of our shows will start now, which is 6.30 p.m. on the East Coast. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, and when you say the servants, of course, you mean me and my, and, and, and my family, me and my daughter, because... <laughs> There's no servants here. and you Dog, Dogs didn't help? <laughs> no. No, the dogs actually laid around and watched us do stuff and were like, uh, sure, that means, I mean. That means spring has not only sprung in Augusta, but also on Long Island. Well, didn't it rain down there? In Augusta? Yesterday. Yeah, yeah trees yeah. fell on Friday. whole bunch of mess. Honestly? Honestly. Um, no, well, no, I'm saying I, I know you feel differently as somebody who grew up playing the game, but I, I am not the golf fan. Okay, um, just just let me tell you, though, you are today because the, the leader is John Rahm, an ASU grad. Well, that's it. That I mean, usually Se- second place is Phil Mickelson, the ASU grad. Is he really? Yeah. And tomorrow night, Joey DeCord is going to make his uh, mullet debut for the Seattle Kraken. How do you like that? Okay. Well, all right. Well, first of all, we, we could save Joey for tomorrow night because it's just where we have something to talk about tomorrow night's show. Oh, yeah. Like we need something to talk about. Anyway. Well, I mean, listen, we could talk. I mean, we. I would assume that talking about the three games over the weekend will take up most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, um, you're correct. And and you could also talk about my boat ride, walk, as, well, uh, the, the, my transmission well, is, is messed the, up the, in my car, and and I just got off the phone, which is why we're three minutes late in the show tonight because the mechanic here in Laughlin. Um, listen to this. You're not even going to get this story, but I, I'm going to no, tell you. I, so, yeah, all right, I'm listening. So, so you know me. I, I'm I'm driving this vintage 2006 HHR. Yes. yes right. It's vintage, yes. but vintage, it gets yes, me around. It does everything that I um, need to to do. I get so, that. I so totally I, get that. I get to Laughlin, and I've been right. here for a couple of weeks now, uh, staying right. with our partners at the Caesars Resorts while I right. work on the AHL stuff. Um, and I get here, and I notice this cab company called D-Cabs, and right. all they drive are 2006, 2007 Chevy HHRs. That's it. That's all really? in the car that they drive, the cab company. It's called D-Cabs. 
So wow. okay. I'm going like, wow, I've never Why seen so many H. I don't know. I've never seen so many HHRs in one city because they're all, there's probably 40 of them, uh, maybe 20, 20 to 40. Uh, okay. And they're all different colors, and but they're all 2006, 2007. So last night as I'm making my way back from, from Palm Springs, I, I'm about, I don't know, 90 miles from, from Laughlin, and the car's starting to act up a little bit. It's like it won't shift into the highest gear. It just oh, stays. It, it just I'm driving 65, but the RPMs are going like 3,500, 4,000. I'm going like, this isn't right. And I'm hoping and praying because it's pitch black and it's the middle of the desert. There's nothing out here. So right. I'm going like, please, 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 just get me to Laughlin. Just get me to Laughlin. And I get to Laughlin and um, park it and come into the Tropicana, and I get up this morning, I'm going to go out and get in the car, and it starts up, sounds great, shifts fine into reverse, but it goes nowhere. Okay. <laughs> it will go nowhere in reverse. <laughs> so so uh, we put it in, in neutral. Terry gets in the driver's seat. I push it backwards up a hill in mm-hmm. the parking garage and right. uh, put it into drive, and it'll go and drive. So I'm thinking, okay, it's in drive. Let's just make sure I don't have to back up anywhere. Right. <laughs> and we uh, and we take off and we drive about four miles, and all of a sudden it won't shift from first to second. Okay. So so now I'm at like 25 miles an hour, and I can't get any faster than that. Um, so I'm looking for a place to pull over. There really wasn't any uh, immediately. So um, then all of a sudden it it won't go at all. It just idles. It, it's in gear, but it's not propelling itself. So I pull over, I wait about 10 minutes, I get back in the car, I start it again, and yeah. uh, and it goes in drive. So I drive about, I don't know, a mile? Whatever it is. Yeah, I drive a mile, and uh, all of a sudden I hear a clunk, and I go, like, okay, this isn't good, I'm going to pull over. So I pull over into a parking lot, shut it off, um, and I just happened to see this, uh, I figured, like, well, we got to walk back to the <laughs> walk back to the hotel so we start the the trek to the hotel and we see the river boats here that you can hop on a river boat and go across the river to the laughlin side it looks very nice by the way i just yeah yeah sweet it was, the water is clear by the way very clear but anyway um so we take the the boat across and we walk another mile to the tropicana well before i got on the boat i saw a decab waiting for people so i went up and i asked the driver i said hey you know, I know you guys have HHRs. Do you, you know, in order for you guys to keep driving these things, you must do maintenance. Have you ever heard of this? And the driver was very nice. And she said, I'll, I'll ask my boss. And my boss said, hey, or her boss said, call me and, and I'll talk to you about it. So I call him up and then he goes, you know, I said, I have no idea about mechanics here, who to trust or whatever. But I said, I figured since you're driving HHRs, you would um have an idea he goes oh absolutely he goes what happened i told him he goes oh you're you're low on transmission fluid and i said really? well i said i headed into uh, a shop and they wanted to do a transmission flush he goes no 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 don't do that not on no, that car no no by the way not on any car by the way <laughs> so I, I i'm not a mechanic either so just <laughs> i'm not a mechanic either but uh what i do know because um i have these conversations often with my mechanic those don't ever do that yeah so so anyway he says um if you'd like you know uh, i can you can bring it out to me if you can get it out to me or get it towed out to me um i'm not i'm probably six miles seven miles from where it's parked at he said what i can do is uh, i'll i'll drop the um, transmission pan for you and put a new gasket in and refill it for you and he said, I'm pretty sure that'll take care of your problem. I'm like, well, that's cool. And he goes, you know, if I see something more than that, I won't do it. Uh, he said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to screw you over. So he said, if, it, if it's worse than what I think, he said, I'm just going to, I'll call you and tell you what it is and tell you whether I think you should fix it or not. Okay. So I'm going like, okay, well, that's a good deal. So he called me right before the show started. That's why I was a few minutes late uh, jumping on the show. Right. because I thought I'm not going to miss this opportunity. No, so, absolutely um, not. So anyway, so. So that's where I stand right now. And he's going like, hey, you know, once it gets a little cooler tonight, if you can get it out to me tonight, I'd be happy to look at it. And I'm going like, okay, well, I got a show to do uh, for an hour. But if uh, if things work out, I'll uh, I'll try to get it out to you tonight. And you can 
So who knows? Maybe cross your fingers that I just hit a stroke of luck. <laughs> oh, listen, <laughs> with I, it being I, transmission, but I was kind of thinking that's what it was when it slips, because, uh, like I was telling him, every time I made a left turn, it kind of slipped in first gear, and he goes, "Yeah, that's because your transmission fluid is shifting from one side to the other." He said that you you don't have enough transmission fluid, but I don't even know how you fill that. You know? Oh, there's no. It's it works kind of like oil. You just have to find the spot. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, but I couldn't find the spot because I wanted to add some a while ago when I thought that was the problem. Um, but he said, no, he said right now, he said, I should just pull the pan off for you, put a new gasket in it and refill it for you. And he said, I think you'll be fine. So anyway. Well, you should also <laughs> ask him where the where the where the spout is anyway. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I will do that because I don't know if you know this car, but it's got two struts that hold the hood up and they're both broken. So I need nice. to replace those. And they're not expensive and not hardly do. It's just a lazy man's thing, and I'm pretty lazy. No, they're expensive. No, they're not. Twenty two bucks for the pair okay. on Amazon, and and four screws. <laughs> All right, that's cool. But anyway, it. so it's it's not the easiest thing to look at, yeah, because you have to lift the hood up and hold it with one hand, and then you know check your dipstick on the oil and whatever. So anyway, right. Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway, I thought maybe you could hear the echoes of ASU chanting from uh, Augusta, Georgia, because John John Rahm is now up by four strokes, and Phil is currently tied for second. Well, after, uh, at fifty-two years this, old, shooting like a sixty-five today. Let's put it this way: um, I, I did turn it on. I have it on mute, obviously, because you can't hear it. Um, I am not very happy with the guy that's tied for second place. Uh, right now, despite the <laughs> fact that he's an alum, uh, we can get into that. If somebody wants to invite me on a golf show, that would be insane, but you never know. Um, you know, um, but the guy that's in first place, yeah, we're down with that. And I, and I can't imagine he's going to lose four strokes in three holes, but you know. Well, it, it's happened, but it's not going to happen to John Rom. He's a player. Well, he, it could happen, but it's not like not going to happen to John Rom. <laughs> Just That's like cool. it didn't happen to the Quinnipiac Bobcats last night, because well, did I tell you? Did I tell you that? Are this you was, don't They even were a team of there. destiny. Don't Remember even I told go you? there. Oh, said, stop when it! When this starts, Paul Hornstein, this is a team of destiny, and they will get it done. Oh my God! You, oh God! If I have the tapes, knew, I have the tapes. Only if people only knew the conversations that we had starting in October. Oh no, no, yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, because I'll, I'll be the first. Be, to, I, I'll be oh the first to admit God. that I told you all the way up until I think February that Quinnipiac had to show me something because I did not believe that they that their record was as good as that was. But they showed me. And did they, they showed, show you finally? Oh, they showed me when they started the tournament. The way they played their way through the tournament and the way they played yesterday. Oh, my goodness. I didn't see. I mean, I haven't had a chance. To, I taped it and haven't had a chance to watch all of it. But, man, that's exactly how you win a game in overtime against Minnesota. Because I'm sure Minnesota was thinking, you know what? We get the buck. We got plenty of talent here. We'll finish this thing off. And you get them in 10 seconds, and it's all over. They didn't even have a chance to think. Well, let's see. Do you want to start with last night, or do you want to go to Thursday? Well, let's start with last night and back up. Because okay. I think well, last night is on everybody's mind. I mean, it was <sighs> it was incredible. I don't know if you right, saw let's... the hug yet of Rod Brindamore and and uh, Rand Pecknold on Twitter. But, I have man. Not. What a what I mean, those are two incredible individuals that celebrated 29 years of Quinnipiac hockey finally winning a national championship. And of course, Rod's son plays at Quinnipiac. Well, first of all, uh, you want to take the game and work backwards, or do you want to start sure. at the beginning of the game? Start at the beginning and, and right, well, work to the end all, to the championship. Then we'll talk about how both teams got there. Well, first of all, the Team that got the first power play, crying about a power play in the third period, which was a legit call as compared to the call in the first period where the contact was shoulder to shoulder. And and, and let's say that, that, just to start off with, that there were NCHC officials calling this game. Well, I don't care about that. I mean, no, other I'm people just, might, I'm just saying. But... Well, I'm just saying that they were they – were, NCHC officials for a what? Um, what's ECAC, going to be? ECAC and Big Ten. And Big Ten yes. Okay. Now, I, I, I did see some people on Twitter 
talk about the quote NCHC officially official uh, officiating. Um, okay, I I I I don't usually notice it, um, but I'm usually not paying quite as close attention to the officials because I'm watching two or three games at once. But I don't remember people having conversations about the conference officials during the season. So, well, but. I can tell you as being around it a little bit more than you were that there's been talk of it, but, okay. but all in all, but. it was a pretty, you know, I mean, there were little things, Paul, like I know I told you this, the start of the season, um, it, there was a Colorado college game where they implemented uh, a two minute minor against Colorado college for one of their players, not leaving the ice promptly. Yeah. Well, that game. was kind of I mean, an issue. I, they do. They, 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 they've done some, um, items that maybe were letter of the law, but probably shouldn't have been done. And I don't know. Anyway, right? But that was, but that was a thing through uh, throughout college hockey. It only took one weekend to solve that problem. Right. Right. So, um, and then the other maroon and gold team gets a bounce. On their first goal to take the one nothing lead. Now they were they were the more aggressive team in the first period. There's no question. Um, but they got a bounce on a goal to give them the one nothing lead. You know, in in, in that in, in in that first period, uh, John Middlestat got, you know, basically. Uh, the puck bounced around in the crease, and he put it home. I mean, that's that's what you do, right? I mean, that's basically how you score goals in playoff games. Yeah, and the talent there is just unbelievable in that squad. So you don't you don't doubt that that's going to happen, anyway. No, I mean, listen, that's point. Some, one of the points there is that uh, they have the talent. The last thing they need on top of the talent is luck. But I mean. You know, it in, is what it is. End, though, in the end, they got outworked in the third period from what I could see. And, you know, it, uh, maybe the well, second half of well, the game. All right. Well, you know, and they so they get through the first period up a goal. Um, the other maroon and gold team. And, and, and they look like the, the much better team at this point. Okay. Um, I'm sure that that early power play helped. Because how could it not? And they had Quinnipiac back on their heels. Maybe it started to turn slightly towards the end of the first period, but still. Okay. Um, you know, Minnesota outshot Quinnipiac seven to four in the first period. That's not a lot of shots, period, let alone between two teams. Um, as much as Minnesota had the puck and was was kind of forcing the issue, Quinnipiac was still Quinnipiac. And Minnesota had, did not get a lot of chances in that first period. Okay. They, they, they got the goal that they got five minutes into the period. Um, they got... You know, they got the puck to the front of the net and pushed it in. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what wins hockey games. Crash the net, as my co-host says. And, by the way, it's it's not exactly like you're sitting there and, um, you know, if, if, if you were taking bets, so to speak, on who would score the goals for that other maroon and gold team, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you would not have bet on John Middlestat scoring the first goal of the game. No, uh, not with that, not with that roster of players. No, it could have been any, it could have been probably any one of four defensemen before him. Would have at, been least, list. <laughs> at least, right? Well, so, I mean, four defensemen and a bunch of forwards, but you probably would have thought maybe uh, maybe four defensemen have scored the first goal before he does. 
and about a half a dozen forwards, if not more. You know, but but here's the thing with depth that that happens because usually lines one and two, maybe lines one, two, and three in, in a championship game like that cancel each other out, and it's a guy in the third or fourth line that comes through and uh, and does something special or scores the big goal or whatever. That that's well, that's really it. It's not uncommon. No, but, no, no. Of course not. You know, of course not. I mean, that's that's the point, right? Um, that those are the guys that that usually will come up in big games because they're going against a third pair defenseman. Um, you know, they 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 are the guys that will do those those kinds of things to win hockey games. You know, as great as those Islander teams were. They didn't win oh, without sure. the guys. Of course, like, you twist it back to the of Islanders, course, don't you? Of course, of course. <laughs> they don't win 19 straight playoff series and four cups without the John Tanelli. Whoever's and counting. Nystrom. They're not counting at all, no. I'm just saying, those are the guys that, that are the difference makers. And then when you go to the second period, by the way, hey, as... The other Maroon and Gold team now takes a 2-0 lead about five minutes also into the second period. Uh, let's You sit there and you're like, okay, well, let's see who, wait a minute, let's, 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 let's see if we can gamble on who's, oh, wait, Snuggeroot? No. Nice? No. Um, uh, one of the Hughes's? I'm not, you know, not, uh, I'm sorry, not Hughes, but, uh. Logan Cooley, no. Uh, Bryce Brodzinski, no. Brock Faber, no. Uh, Luke Middlestead, no. Who scores it? Jackson Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Okay. Not once again, not the guys, or not the guy you would expect to put up the goal if you're going to go place um, – some extra money on the outcome of the game. Okay. Um, he did get an assist from block Faber and that was kind of a planned play. It was a miss off the back wall on purpose. That's a, you know, that's a pretty nifty gamble there by Faber. Cause you know, it's not like they play there all the time and know all the bounces. He's a pretty smart kid, though, I'll tell you. Well, no, no, <laughs> listen, I'm not questioning his credentials. I'm not questioning his credentials. I'm just saying, you know, when a guy makes that play at home or is a junior or senior and makes it on the road and he's played in a building four, five, six times, you kind of know the bounces. Yeah, right, absolutely. Um, I don't think he's played too much at Amelie Arena. Not yet, but he'll probably play a bunch shortly. Yeah, shortly, but, um, you know, he'd only played one game there. So now, and I'm and and I'm not going to lie, I thought the game was over right there. I'm like, yeah, well, you're hey, going to start. Thing. I know what you're saying, and and I I really wasn't thinking that because I don't think Minnesota's a shutdown team. I think they're a team that can outscore you. And but I don't know that they they play particularly well with a one goal lead. Well, it's because not. I think they take too many chances. Well, first of all, um, I, I at, at two nothing, especially the way the game was going at that point. You know, Quinnipiac started to bounce back a little bit and take more control of the game at that point. But at that point, you're now down two nothing. And you're saying to yourself, um, oh boy, because now does Quinnipiac have to have to start gambling a little bit to come back in this game, especially knowing the firepower that the other Maroon and Gold team has? Because that's where that's where they kill you the most. Is you make that transition mistake 
that turnover, trying to trying to, to to push the issue, and they're just too good to give those make those center you know set neutral zone turnovers or those turnovers uh, at your own blue line, or even at the other t- even at their blue line. Their transition is 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 way too good. Now you want to sit there and say they're not defensive minded. Uh, no, they actually last night uh, Saturday. Yeah, last night was probably as good a game defensively as I thought they played. I don't think Quinnipiac got a lot of big time, big time, grade A chances to score. Uh, from from what I saw, which wasn't very much, but what I've seen highlights of, it looked to me like that might have been Minnesota's best defensive game, and um, and it still wasn't good enough to get the win because this this Bobcat team is just built of grit. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, they have talent. Don't get me wrong, but there is grit beyond belief on that team, and they know the. The, the zone to stop in college hockey is the neutral zone. If you yeah. can't get ramped up in the neutral zone, you, you have a hard time in college hockey uh, putting anything together because you've well, seen it, Paul. With with your team, the ASU guy, by the way, John Rahm is still leading. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> good. No, I, like I said, I have it. I, I, I put it on just because anyway. he is leading. Otherwise, and it's on mute, so. And mine is too. But anyway, ASU um, has had that problem all year is that um, they they couldn't get anything because they weren't nasty enough. And Coach Powers has said that we're going to be nasty or whatever that word is he used um, next year. And that's because you screamed about it all year. You, they're not going to the net hard enough. They're not going to the net hard enough because they tried to transition through center ice and, and weren't ready or weren't willing to pay the price in front of the net. And that's how you, you brought it up at the start of the show. That's how you score goals in college hockey. So if my point being, if Quinnipiac can lock you up in the neutral zone, so you're you're always trying to get through the neutral zone before you get into the offensive zone, it's like you just your timing isn't there. And a team no. like Minnesota, Michigan, all those high scoring offenses um, get bogged down. That's what happened to Denver uh, with um, both. Uh, um, I'm who am I thinking? Colorado College is what they did to. Them. Uh, yeah, they they locked him up in the neutral zone and didn't give him an opportunity to get ahead of speed and do something. Yeah, I mean, it just you, you you're sitting there and and you're watching. And like I said, they, Quinnipiac didn't get a lot of chances. They just didn't. But you know what? Okay. They did exactly what they had to do in overtime, didn't they? Well, first of all, like I said, I mean. You know, you, you 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 get one back a few minutes later to make it a one a one goal game again, and now you're seeing Quinnipiac take more and more control and more and more control, and 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 I would be curious if how much of this was uh, Quinnipiac forcing the issue, which I'm sure it was part of, and how much was part of it that the Gophers sat back. I find it hard to believe that you would sit back with a one-goal lead. No, I, I, with I don't half think, a game to go. But I, I think maybe the terminology you're using is wrong. Sit back. I think they were aware that they were having a hard time scoring goals, and I think they were not sitting back but trying to play conservative. Maybe it's the same thing. Play conservative. Maybe protect the lead. Uh, instead of playing their game, which obviously their game is puck control and scoring goals. So yeah. it might have been an unfamiliar position for them, where on the other hand, well, it was not for Quinnipiac. It was not an unfamiliar position for them. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I don't, I, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but pretty much um, Minnesota had won like 22 straight games where they had a lead going into the third period. Something along those lines. And you know why um, that is? Because they generally add to yeah. lead in the third period. Yeah. They, so, they wore you down, and now all of a sudden they add, and it's all of a sudden a one-goal game is a three- or four-goal win. All right. So so Quinnipiac survives 
Um, one of their second of two penalties by Skylar Brindamore, which I thought was an mm, okay. The stick was around the hands, but you know it is what it is. Um, then they call the high sticking penalty late in the third period. You know, five minutes to go in the third period, and this is and you're sitting here, and this is where. You know, Quinnipiac finally going to get a chance. And they had been dominating. I mean, they outshot the Gophers 11-6 to in the second period. And Minnesota only got two shots in the third period. Only got two in the third period. Uh, they kill see, off the penalty. See, that's what I'm saying. That's protecting the lead, not trying to play your game. You know, they kill off the penalty. And they're at the point where, you know, everything is go is the all the momentum is on Quinnipiac's side. And there's a loose puck around the net. Quinnipiac has the extra attacker with like three minutes to go, just after the penalty, and they put it in to tie the game. And once again, I- I'll sit here and say I don't think Quinnipiac had a lot of great chances in these first three periods of the game. I really don't. They outshot, you know, before the one shot in overtime, 29 to 15, they outshot Minnesota. But I don't sit there, and and I'm not sitting there and saying that these were a lot of high-danger, high-quality scoring chances, because I don't think they were. Now, maybe somebody that dissects the film and is much more of an expert than I am Okay. Um, I don't think that that was a great, like I said, I don't think they had a lot of great scoring chances. But they crashed the net, they had the extra attacker, put it in. Yep, totally agree. And, Tie the game. And and it's, it's tied up, it's going to overtime, and uh, like I said, as soon as I saw it's going to overtime, I'm going like, oh boy. Uh, this, either, this either has to end quickly uh, for Quinnipiac or Minnesota is going to drive and wear them out. I mean, let's be honest. You're just trying to get one goal. But I I watched that video, that 10-second video, Paul, about 15 times, I think. Right. And, it, man, it, Minnesota didn't even know what hit them. They were on their heels. And, by the way, I hope that referee didn't break his wrist. Uh, he got taken out really hard at the end by yeah, the Minnesota player into the boards. And yeah. I, I noticed him getting up, and I've been in that position, so that's why I say that because he was immediately looking at his wrist the way he fell awkwardly. Uh, so let's hope that didn't happen. Well, let's hope not. Um, and, you know, when you think of an of an offensive or a defensive zone faceoff, you think of coaches putting in plays. Correct. You don't really think about neutral zone center ice faceoffs with a play, but Quinnipiac did, and they ran it to absolute perfection, and it was not even close. None of of the other twenty nine shots Quinnipiac had, this was the only one that you would put in the quote high danger chance uh, category, and they converted. I mean, it was beautiful two on one. <laughs> it was. It was a beautiful, beautiful two-on-one, and I, I I know it got to me, maybe a little emotional. Well, you, you just understand the underdog role that they played all year, and 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 I'll be the first to admit but I was the one an that underdog? said, uh, "Well, I mean, here's the thing. Maybe underdog is the wrong term, but I said it like I told you all the way to February. I said." Show me, show me Quinnipiac, play Denver, play Minnesota, play Arizona State, play Colorado College, play somebody out West so I can just see uh, how good you are. You, you remember at Christmas time, I said, Paul, you know, I can't wait. I'm going to be in Arizona now for these games and I'm going to stay because I want to see how Boston U is. I want to see how Boston College is. I want to see how Michigan Tech is. I want to see all of those East against West. We've been talking about cross-pollination all season long. And that was the one thing that because I had never seen them in action against a Western team that I see all the time, I wanted to see how they would fare. 
They proved me exactly wrong. They they are very good. They are a very good hockey team and well-deserving of a national championship. And now the fallout begins, Paul. What happens at Minnesota? We know they can reload, um, but but what happens to Matthew Nyes? What happens to Brock Faber? What happens to Logan Cooley? Uh, how many of these guys are are going to go? Yeah, we need That's... to come back and do this again, or or it's you know what? It's time to move on and make some money. I see. That's that is going to be the sixty four thousand dollar question, right? I mean. Um, these guys are not freshmen. Well, Logan Cooley is. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, no, well, most of them aren't though. Yeah, uh, maybe well, that's not true. Snugroot is too, but these are these guys going to pass up the money because there's going to be a there, there's are they? No, I shouldn't even say the money. Are they going to pass up the NHL? And here's the thing. Because this these guys are not going to go play in the in the, in the the American no. League. No, and here's what they're looking at. Uh, I can tell you this for a fact. They're going to look, can I raise my stock anymore by staying at the University of Minnesota or as my stock as high as it's ever going to get right now and I need to jump on this um, while it's hot, so to speak. Because I've also seen guys make the decision that they're going to come back when their stock was really high. They're going to come back for one more year. And then what ends up happening is the stock drops. Uh, they have an off season. The other teams are are you know geared up for them. They uh, have an injury, uh, all kinds of different things. So I think that's what the bottom line is. I think Brock Faber is definitely going. Uh, to well, he's Minnesota a junior. Wild. Yeah, he's going he's to the junior. Wild. They're not, they're, that's they're, now Jimmy Snuggerud. I don't know. Is he going to go to St. Louis right now? Logan Cooley. Is he going to go to Minnesota right now? I saw a good friend Craig Morgan. Logan Said, Cooley go to Minnesota. Uh, sorry, Arizona. Well, uh, listen. I think, let, I think let's, Logan Cooley was saying um, that, you know what, I'm going to take some time on this because there's no need to rush into this play three well, games for the, for the no, but, Arizona but Coyotes. Let's, let's put it this way. Um, he goes right to their top line. That's hard to pass up. Or, he, you know, at worst, he starts off on the second line. Yeah, but is it worth it for three day, three or four games? Because they're not going anywhere. When, well, when I mean, next is year, over, I'm talking over. about. I'm not talking about this year. Oh no, no, next year, I, I'm sure. But I don't think you know. I'm just wondering if anybody like we saw Luke Hughes make the jump immediately to your favorite team, the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, well, he's going to go play with his brother, so and they're going to be in the playoffs. Exactly. Now it's just a question of yeah. whether or not they win the division. But the fact of the matter is, um. The, the one guy I, I'm not, I, I could sit here and be like, they're not going to rush him is Matthew Nice. Yeah, but can you say not rush him? He's going to be a junior. Yeah, but Toronto doesn't, need, Toronto doesn't need guys that can put the puck in the net. What if, what if there's a pre-draft deal that sends him to the Arizona Coyotes? Well, that's different. Well, then he'll go play with Logan Cooley and, and be on their first line with, with Keller or... Or one of these other or Austin guys. Matthews. Okay, stop it. <laughs> I, I, I'll 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 buy into your snarkiness because I love snark. But for what, for, what if, for for being traded, hear me, but he's hear not, me out, Paul. not getting traded. Hear me out, Paul. The Austin Matthews nonsense. Look, hear me out. Um, it, it's like this. It's Mullet Arena. It's Austin Matthews coming home. It's Logan Cooley, the superstar, coming in. It's Josh Doan. The uh, the uh, All right, enough the, uh, the son, enough the son of an icon and the, enough and they're playing that mullet and they can bring this brand new building right to the desert. Talk to me and talk. Make to it me happen. The, Make it happen. To, Coyotes trade everything you got. Get Austin to, Matthews to come back. Bring him home. We all know he wants to play a mullet. Well, he might, but let's 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 wait to a see if what happens with the lawsuits and b. Whether this vote actually passes. <laughs> okay. So you want to okay. wait till after May 16th a little bit? Yeah, just a little. But, <laughs> but here's what I want to do because we, we were wondering if we'd have enough to talk about. Um, yeah. We're four hour, four minutes and I want to take a break quick. Yeah, almost 45 okay. minutes in. Let's take that break. Let's come back and then let's uh, recap the semifinal games. 
which um, saw the proposal of two Big Ten teams not get to where they were supposed to be. We'll be right yeah, back. Whatever. That's good. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh my goodness, Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than some good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, as well as its ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From the nation's best college hockey conference. Access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. It's Sunday night. It's Easter Sunday. It is Sunday at the Masters. John Rahm is about uh, two or three strokes away from sealing this deal. The ASU alum, Scott Strandy, with you tonight. High above the Colorado River in Laughlin, Nevada, about 10 stories up tonight. My co-host, as always, just got done uh, paying off the servants for doing all that raking in the backyard yeah. and settling, <laughs> settling about 30, 30 bags now. Did we get to 30 or how many no, bags? No, it's, it's 45. Leaves? Oh, 45 bags. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Got it all done. Out on Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein. Mm. Okay. So we got 15 minutes left or so. Um, let, let's go back. And uh, and talk about the semifinals. But first, I want to say congratulations to Adam Fantilli, the uh, Hobie Baker Award winner. Yep. Who won the Richter, Paul? Oh, that would be Devin Levi. Yeah. yeah. No surprise there, right? No, no, no. <laughs> well, a little um, surprise. Well, a little, <laughs> it's going to be either Devin or Yaniv, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're both good. Let's just uh, let's just get on the phone to our good friend, um, Lior Strom, and uh, ask him. Uh, what he thinks because uh, he had them both as uh, peewees. 
Yeah, well, imagine <laughs> I, that's just that's sick. Is what that is. That is sick. Yeah, that two is two of the best goaltenders in college hockey, and he had them both on his Pee Wee team. Yeah, uh, that is anyway. just insane. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, so back to Minnesota, BU. Okay. Well, that see the thing about that game is that game's easy, right? Sure. Um, take a minute or two. Minnesota won. BU should have won. Um, we don't. <laughs> I mean, the fact of the matter is, um, uh, let's see here. BU takes the early lead. Um, other marooning goal team, power play goal. Other marooning goal team, power play goal. Other marooning goal team, power play goal. You're not Oops. winning. Oops. You're not winning a game where you give up three power play goals in, at that level. You just yeah, went, went to the box way too many times. Way, way. It's seven penalties. They're, they're, the Gophers, you give them seven power plays, there's no way you're not getting burnt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, uh, that was pretty easy, squeezy analysis. Um, You know, that's... You know that 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 didn't take much as you're watching the game, and, you're, and every time uh, BU goes to the box, and it's not like they went. It's not like Minnesota got one or two power plays. BU was in the box tons, and you get there and you go at the end of the first period when you're leading one nothing, and you give the Gophers back to back power plays. No, that's that called is. playing with fire, my friend. Well, they did get burnt because uh, instead of being up one nothing, they're down two to one because the other maroon goal team got two power play goals in fifty seconds. Okay, so Minnesota wins; they yep. move on to the championship game. A little bit of yep. overconfidence uh, in their their mind, especially when they saw their nemesis from the Big Ten cross the conference from them, the other M, if you will. I don't know. Um, got eliminated. So tell us all Michigan got eliminated by Quinnipiac. He just got choked. I mean, once again, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of teams said that all year about Quinnipiac, didn't they? We just Quinnipiac got choked by really, these dudes. Yeah, they, they really did. They just, I mean, Michigan got a couple of goals. I mean, you, you don't expect them to get shut out. And the game was even tied 2 2. But once again, they were not getting a lot of high quality scoring chances. They were not. You're not sitting there and you're like, oh, my God, how is Quinnipiac surviving this? You know, for Michigan getting 31 shots in a game, not exactly, you know, listen, is that 40 or 50 shots? No. But once again, you if, if you went back and I'm sure it's already been done because that's what they do, right? If you've got the charts – most of those 31 shots were not what you would call grade A's. At least I didn't think they were. Um, does that mean they weren't dangerous? No, but because they do have a lot of skills on, you know, a skill on that team. But, um, yeah, no, I just didn't sit there and, and, and get the feeling that Michigan was, was being allowed to freewheel and race up and down the ice, go John Rom, and <laughs> um, official. He's a master model, not quite. He's got to sign his card. Yeah, um, but they didn't give Michigan a lot of high scoring chances on Thursday on the Thursday night either, or the semifinals. So, you know, Quinnipiac did what Quinnipiac does, um, and advanced to their third championship game in school history. And, you know, and, and that set up Saturday night. And Ooh, that I don't. Was close. That was so close to tonight. What? No. <laughs> Maybe it's no. just the just night part of it that got me, but that was close. You know, and, um, you know, I mean, that was the first overall one and two seeds playing in a national championship game. Uh, hadn't happened in a while. I think it was seven or eight years since the last time that's happened. Might have even been a little more. Okay. 
Um, you know, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. You know, and Quinnipiac, um, you know, they, they laid out the blueprint for what they were going to do or how they play. I mean, if you saw them, I don't want to say they didn't suffocate Michigan. They only suffocated Michigan based on what Michigan normally does. I don't know if that makes any sense to you or not. It does. It does. I get what you're saying. Okay. So, um, once again, it was kind of an, a, another game where I said going into the semifinals that Styles made fights. And I think you saw that again on Saturday. Where, you know, the 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 team that was more of a defensive team, as a matter of fact, you know, they, they, they said it several times, the highest scoring team against the stingiest team going into the tournament, going into the season, you know, at, at the end of the season is what you had. And... The first time I ever saw this uh, this this phrase was when I was an ASU student, and one of their best. Oh, hold, women's hold on a minute. There were phrases back then. Yes. Okay. Back in the, okay, back in the telegraph it. days, the days of Morse code. Tele- telegraph and tin cans. Yeah. Um, one of the best women's basketball players that that ASU ever had by the name of Kim Hampton. There was a picture of her in the school newspaper. And it said, offense sells tickets and defense wins championships. And that is honestly, a fact, my friend, that is a fact. And honestly, that was not ever more evident. Or very rarely as evident as, as 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 it was on Saturday night and this weekend in general. You know, I mean, especially when you consider the. You know, it's kind of like the Giants and the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl twenty five. Giants had the ball just enough to prevent Buffalo from 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 racing up and down the field. And, and and scoring enough points where that last field goal that Scott Norwood tried was about a 50-yard field goal. And they hadn't been stopped all year. So now I just have to figure out a way to get in a Mets reference, and we're good. <laughs> Let me tell you. I believe the Mets this year are going to just dominate, win the World Series. I mean, no, it's not the same. It's not the same. With, it's not the same with your phony. Yeah, but that's not phony. I believe it with my heart. No, you don't. Oh, you don't. You're so <laughs> full of it. It's not even funny. You have a better chance of me believing in in your palatial estate dreams than than your sincerity on this. No, I'm pretty sure the Mets are going to win it all this year. This is their year, baby. Yeah, you're so full of it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, congratulations to the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Like I said, if you haven't seen Twitter yet, get out and uh, and, and check out uh, Rod Brindamar and uh, Rand Pecknold. Well, listen, uh, with an embrace afterwards because it, Lord, that those are two icons right there. Well, listen, and and um, the crazy part is, right? I mean, the schedule was made up way in advance, so he had you know. So I guess there were time to make arrangements that that the, the the Hurricanes had a day game. And on the same day as the Frozen Four, we can get into that tomorrow too, but... Yeah, um, yeah, I want to get into that. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm somebody was generous enough, I mean, or maybe Brindamore paid for it himself, I don't know. Uh, but either way, they had a private plane waiting for him to get down to Tampa. Yeah. From, I think, Buffalo, by the way. I think. Yeah, they made it happen. He was wearing Quinnipiac shirt and hat, too, by the way. 
Well, of course he was. I, I, I'm sure he changed on the plane. I don't think he wore it on the bench for the Hurricanes. <laughs> no. I think that I might be a, a, a violation. I don't know. Yeah, no, he, but, he didn't. But he uh, he was a Quinnipiac supporter 100%. You know, so so let, let's quickly, we just got a couple minutes, but I just want to throw this out there. If you're around Pecknell, what kind of year have you had? I saw him in July uh, scouting his world junior team or potential right. players. And preparing right. for the World Juniors in the winter, right. not in the spring or not in the right. fall. Um, so he goes there. He has the best players in the world. He puts together a, a team that gets how many wins? 30, 31 wins. What they end up with? 32, something like that? They end up uh, with a lot. something like that. Yeah, a lot of wins. Thir- 32 or 33. I think it's something like that. But anyway, yeah. they, they, and then they win the national championship. I mean, 34. What, what, what do you do this year? What, what, what do you do this coming season? How, how do you put that all together? Just ask David Carl how hard it is to repeat once you've won a national championship. So, how do you, how much time do you take off to, to soak this all in? And, and when do you start preparing to try to defend this, this championship? I probably already has. Yeah, I was going to say that same thing. He's probably already well, working on no, well, with his recruiting classes and all well, of that. Let's, 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 I'm going to st- step that back a smidge. Um, I, I'm sure whatever they normally do in terms of preparing for the next season has started already, but I'm pretty sure he took, he, that, that, that they're taking, they took today off and they're taking tomorrow off, maybe Tuesday. But then they'll go back to work, at least the coaches anyway. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I was so disappointed that I planned on being, as you know, in San Diego Friday night. And Chase Prisky, who uh, I believe was a captain with the Bobcats many years ago now, <laughs> seven, eight years ago. Um, but I remember his play as a uh, as a Bobcat. And I really yeah. wanted to get his thoughts on, uh, on that. Uh, you know, the whole thing, because it had to be, he, he knew, I'm sure that they had another chance uh, and probably their best chance to win this thing. Um, and I kind of got that feel from him last week when I saw him. Um, but, you know, man, what a deal. So congratulations to the Bobcats. They are indeed good champions. Like I said, now we wait, we wait for the fallout. Who's leaving, who's staying, who's going where, um, any other uh, news? Because I saw something that you said. I already saw that. Um, guys well, leaving the yeah, portal but, for places, going different places. Anybody making the move that we can wrap this well, up with? Well, I mean, you want to, we can we can mention really quickly that Teddy Lagerback is going to head to Miami. But, I mean, I just figured that we could save that for tomorrow, even though it's too late for that now. Well, we'll get into the details on that. But let's just – I think that it's some of the new – newsworthy things we just got to get out there we can go into detail about what we think of it tomorrow well not yeah, tonight I mean, not tonight no <laughs> um well it'll be interesting to see I, I can't imagine that there'll be a lot of guys on these four teams that were in the frozen four will go into the portal um if they Very leave few. they're gonna if, if they leave it's because they're gonna they're signing with with the NHL, uh, I can't imagine that too many Quinnipiac players are going into the portal. But I mean, now no. that you've won your national championship, no, maybe not, not unless not unless you're told that you're not you don't have a position next year. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I mean, otherwise you're staying around. You you want course. to defend. You want to win number two. Yeah, of course. So, anybody Fans else? Denver from happy ASU? this weekend. Anybody no, that- from? From ASU or Denver or Colorado College or anybody, I saw I saw Connor Mayer. Um, Coach Mayer announced that Connor Mayer, Mayer is coming back for a fifth um, year. That's got to be uh, good. Yeah, o- Owen Azar is going into the portal from Denver. A little surprised with that, but um, whatever. You know, um, and like I said, uh, you know, Connor Mayer. This is the second time in the portal, but. You know, he decided to go back last year, and, you know, we'll see what happens. He's going back this year. You know, I mean, you know, so we're, 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 you know, we're, we'll, he, he's going to go back. So, I mean, that's, you know, you, you need that experience. How many guys did Air Force pick up out of the portal? 
They can't pick up guys out of the portal. You know that. <laughs> I'm actually kind of shocked I lost one. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's kind of weird. Army lost a couple too, but that, I don't know how that works. Good luck paying that bill. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. When you unless they're your name technically on the line for them, there's a there's an issue. Unless they're going to be technically grad students and they'll serve after they're done. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know how that, that works either. We'll have to get the czar on and ask him. We will because now oh, it's time to I'll say re- that. I'll, 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 the let's 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 finish off with that. Okay. Um, it was put out on Twitter that the Saratori brothers were, 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 were talking and holding court. Hey, ESPN, you, you give short shrift to college hockey during the season on your, you know, over the air stuff, not necessarily ESPN plus, but, um, can we get a Saratori cast for the frozen four next year? Like you have for Monday night football and, and and so forth and so on, like the Manning brothers, because I know what I would be watching. That's for darn sure. Uh, somebody said somebody said that over the weekend, and I'm like, yes, that is that is not only what we want; it's what we need, and we must have that, that, that next year. That would be a four hour show. Well, I, have well, to start it would be two a four, hours you, before and go two hours after. Well, don't forget you. If you, well, don't just have it for the championship game. Have it for the frozen. Have it for the semifinals tonight, the Thursday night before. You can give them six hours that way. Let's go. We need that. We Love need it. a Saratori cast on the Frozen Four next year, assuming that neither team is neither of those teams are in it. Correct. Correct. All right, take it away from the Summer Skate Studios behind the masts. College Hockey West. Live on the Ice Time Hockey West.com network is brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style. Available at our two locations, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, as well as 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three valley locations or behindthemask.com. By the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Spaghetti Shack, comfort food quickly with three locations in Arizona, Tempe, Pine Top, and its ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the Ice Time Hockey West.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Search, subscribe, review, ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Help people find the show. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW Podcasts. Behind the Mask, College Hockey West Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Again, a big congratulations to the 2023 national champions, the Quinnipiac Bobcats, Paul and I will be back tomorrow night for analytics and eyeballs. Remember the new time, folks. If you want to listen live, it's 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern uh, on across the uh, Podbean network. Otherwise, you can get everything, of course, on the download. Tuesday night, Paul and I will be back with College Hockey West Weekly. Wednesday night, a little breaking news here. We have a new title for the podcast. It's the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20. Yes. Well, to, now, does that mean I have to do more work yeah. now? Yes, you do. Yes. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20. Fine. It's our look into the ACHA Top 20 teams uh, week in and week Ish. out, all throughout seasons. <laughs> yeah. Top 20 oh. issues, right? Yeah. Um, myself and Stephen Marsh. And then, of course, on Thursday night, myself and Stephen Marsh, and I think uh, a popping guest of uh, of one Nick Maxson will jump on see. with the, the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report, oh, which that dives in, Jeez. yeah, dives into the world of the AHL and the Pacific Division. Who, by the way, now we know all seven teams. Yeah, there's seven in the playoffs. One gets a bye. Six uh, battle it out. 
in a uh, best of three. And, okay. um, and then we'll go on from there. So we'll see how that all plays out. But um, we're looking forward to it. So 3.30 p.m. Pacific time, if you want to listen live, any of your major platforms, if you want to listen uh, on the download. All right, let's say goodnight, and congratulations to John Rom, the ASU guy. Gets it done. Again, another green jacket as uh, things are getting ready to uh, be presented in Augusta, Georgia. Good night, everybody. Forks out. <laughs> Forks out.